This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us to live authentically by pouring your dreams into others. You see, adding value to people every day will allow you to live your life with success. Tina Prather-McIntosh is my guest today. Everyday Leaders, 50 and 50, show 18 starts now. Welcome to the program, Tina. Well, hi. I'm so glad to be here. Gosh, you know, I feel like we're soul sisters, but <laughs> I mean, you walked in and we had the same shawl. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> so I always take people back like, okay, so I don't really have a connection to you except for I have a connection with everybody that knows you that says, you have to know Tina. And I feel like we met and I've known you forever. Yeah. So this is crazy. Um, so this program is all about everyday leaders, and you are the epitome of an everyday leader because of the things you've done. I cannot wait to share with the audience. Oh, thanks. It makes me want to cry having you say that because that's um, it's wonderful to hear, and then it's pressure, so I better show up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just so all of you know, I send out this whole big like fifteen-page questionnaire. No, it's not that bad, but it's about you know bringing people on this journey with me to to indicate like how they lead their own lives. And a lot of people go, okay, yeah, I just do what I do because I do it. But how does that influence others? And that's what this is about. What is in your heart and your soul to kind of help everybody else get inspired and say, I can do something like that, right? So we're going to turn some lights on and ignite some souls today. <laughs> so, Amen, sister. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> I'll get down from my <laughs> pulpit. But um, so, so you went to Ball State, so um, that's how I've met everybody else that you know and have been connected to. And you have and started Joy's House here in Broad Ripple. So I want you to just help everybody else understand what Joy's House is and how you got this idea to start this organization. So I, if I started by saying to make a long story short, and then I told you <laughs> when I was a freshman at Ball State, it goes back a while since I'm 46 now. Yeah. Um, but in, uh, during college, I was in sorority. I was a Delta Zeta at Ball State. And I, I know sororities get a bad rap about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was about leadership and finding my place in the community. And it was about a sisterhood, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a chosen sisterhood. Um, it wasn't about being exclusive. It was more about reaching out to others. And so I had volunteered a lot of different places in college, one of which was an adult day center called Alpha Center mm-hmm. in Muncie, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I loved the experience. Um, it wasn't so much about being with older adults, and I'll explain what it is that we do, but it was, um, I don't know, it, it just ignited something in my soul, mm-hmm. as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward, I went into other things. My degrees are English and counseling, and then I have a master's in college student personnel. So I thought I would want to work with college students to help them understand there are things in the world bigger than them, mm-hmm. that there are places in the community where they can volunteer their time, give their energy, give their money. And uh, I didn't end up going into that. I was an event planner. Biggest client was the Colts. Talk about a cool gig wow. when you're you know, in your 20s. That's awesome. It didn't matter if I was setting up an event at three in the morning or tearing it down because I had no responsibilities other than work yeah. you know, and play at that time. But uh, in 1998, one of my best friends committed suicide. Ugh. 
and my biological father, who I had disowned two years prior, he was an alcoholic, um, was beaten by five guys on a street corner in my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, they had baseball bats and beat him nearly to death. And four days later, I got the phone call that I was written on a piece of paper in handwriting as his next of kin, and that I needed to come home. He was in intensive care and wasn't going to make it. Wow. So um, anyway, he's, he's alive and well now, Wonderful. doing great things. Um, but that was about three months of driving back and forth. And if any of you have ever driven on the interstate from Indianapolis to Fort Wayne, you can talk on the phone, you can listen to the radio, or you can pray. Yeah. And I did probably a lot of all of those. Yeah. Um, but the prayer was really deep for me. And so uh, I, I decided that this adult day thing was in my soul, and I needed to pay attention to it and kind of dust off the files in my brain and make it happen. So that's the... That's, believe it or not, the short version That's of how this really came to be. That's pretty awesome. But as far as what we are, mm-hmm. if I may, we're, um, Joy's House is a not-for-profit adult day service. So um, I always say if you have a microphone in my face, I won't say it this way. But adult day care, as some people say, we say service, is very similar to child care mm-hmm. in the way we're set up. We're Monday through Friday. We're 7 a.m. until 6 p.m. And people come to be with us during the day because they typically have some kind of a diagnosis and uh, they need safety and care and community. And then we also care for the family caregivers anywhere. So if if you are a family caregiver and listening, you know, joycehouse.org, check us out because we want to help families stay together. Mm -hmm. So how are you funded? Like, how did you, you you think about this idea, right? And leadership is all about, well, then you collaborate, you find people, Mm -hmm. you get inspired. I mean, like, so you have this idea. What do you, what did you do? (laughs) So how did this work? The Colts had been my client. Yeah. They were great. Let us use their uh, boardroom. So we'd wait for the coaches to come out and we, and by that, I mean me and my, I would say like me and my goofy friends, you know, I wouldn't (laughs) give them a key to my house, but we can start this great organization. Um, but for me, it was truly about collecting people who were interested or had a skill set that they could bring to the table. We were in our mid-late 20s, maybe early 30s for some. And so a lot of us, I think, were seeking for purpose at that time. And, um, you know, it, it can be contagious, right? That excitement. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's drawn to older adults or people living with some kind of a, a challenge or a disability, um, but almost everybody can relate to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't have any money. I had a cell phone pretty sure it was a flip phone. Yeah. And I, I did everything short of prostitution and drug dealing for about three years. Um, if you, you know, Melanie, if you had uh, a house that needed cleaned, I would come clean it and I could be on the phone with anybody talking business and they never knew and no one was the worse for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was truly three dis- years of that. You discovered your why, yes. right? Simon Sinek, I love him. And he talks about when you know your why, everything else falls into place. And so that just inspired you. You said, I'm on this journey. I'm on this purpose. I see this vision. Yeah. And then whatever it was going to take to get there. Well, and let, and I shouldn't go without saying this is very God-driven for me. Mm-hmm. So we are not, Joyce House is not a Christian organization. I'm a Christian. I never want to shy away from the fact that this, I don't think it's my only purpose that God has for me, but Joyce House is what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just time. a seed for it. Everybody else made it happen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's collaboration. It's having these mentors. You know, who did you who did you go to to say, 
have you done this before? Can you help me understand what's next and what do I need to be thinking about? Okay. I wish that my friend Julie was listening. <laughs> I won't say your last name, Julie, um, but there were other adult days in town and I would go to them and say, Hey, can I come work for you? Or should I start one? Or, and I was 27. I had really short platinum blonde spiky hair. I mean, I was <laughs> cool back then, you know, <laughs> and, um, Julie ran another adult day and she, after some time told me the first time I walked in her door, she was like, who is this, you know, this funky looking chick coming in here thinking she's going to work with older adults. Like, mm-hmm. and then in time we, you know, we ended up being peers. So I, I, tr- I did try to go to others. I, but I looked around a lot. What are other people doing that's working or not working and, and did a lot of talking. I, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. You, you talk, you research, you visit, you cry, you pray, and then you start the cycle back over. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and you're continuing to follow your dream of your purpose. Like you're being pulled into this. Yes. Yeah. I will tell you, there are times I've doubted if I'm still the right person to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this, is, I've been going into, I'm almost 19 years into this. Mm-hmm. And so um, for the health of Joy's house and my own health and journey, there have been several times I've taken a step back and thought, Am I still the right person to do this? Mm-hmm. And so people around you really have responded to say, yes, we need you here. We need your, your thought, your, your really capacity, you know, to kind of lead the organization. And so you, you know, you're not funded privately. You, oh, you asked that question. I didn't answer no, it. No, it's so okay. Sorry. But, but it's really important because, you know, you just don't have this big bank account. You went out and you keep cleaning houses to raise money, right? <laughs> no, my back wouldn't take it anymore. I, I, I mean, to all the men and women who do that, kudos, yeah, because yeah. Whew, that is hard work. It's hard work, but this is a big organization. In fact, I just saw this for the first time today and wow, wow. Thank you. So impressed. Like you would want to come here as a summer vacation. It's beautiful here. You know, the best compliment I've ever had was from a guest of ours. She's been here for, I don't, I don't even know at this point, six, eight years, maybe coming every day. She lives with her daughter and her son-in-law. And we were outside one day and she kind of had her hands up on her shoulders, hugging herself, you know, kind of rubbing. And I went over and I said, Oh, Miss Julie, are you cold? Yeah. And she's living with Alzheimer's. And, um, and she said, no, she said, I'm just, I'm really enjoying this. And she said, this is, this is like a cruise. Yeah. And I said, oh, Miss Julie, you don't even know. Like, that touches me so much. It means we've got good activities and good food and good people and that you're enjoying yourself. And she, she kind of looked at me on the side of her face and she said, now, honey, I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> but if I had, I bet it would be like this. <laughs> it's kind of like that commercial, right? Right. That's so cool. But it is. It's the environment where you immediately feel the warmth that you have developed here. It's... It's beautiful. It's open. It's just, it's a really fun environment, you well, know, to... You, you have no idea how much that means for us to hear because one of the things we feel like um, is our secret sauce, if you will. Mm. It's not just how it's beautiful here. It's intentionally designed or, you know, how the staff cares for guests and folks because we do. Um, it is, and it's easy to put colors on walls. People forget that, right? Mm-hmm. That warms it up or throw a blanket on a couch or pillows or have different textures for people. So everything here is very intentionally designed. And that's one of our big things. Mm-hmm. The other is our culture. And we, we hire and retain whoever it is on skill, will, and culture here at Joyce House. Mm-hmm. And so you can have the skill to be a volunteer or the skill to be on the board or a staff member. Um, that's important. Do you have it naturally or, or can we train you in that? Or have you trained in that? Mm-hmm. The will 
you know, you and I know the will comes and goes in everything you do. It, it might be your will is really strong to be at work one day and then it kind of dips. Mm-hmm. We totally get that. That's just life. Um, are we somewhere near the top? If you're going to be working here and it's paying your income and you're caring for people, we want your will to remain somewhere above average. Mm-hmm. But the big thing for us is culture. And it's something we have to fight for sometimes. And you'd think it would come naturally that you feel embraced when you walk in the door, when you call. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard for some people to come in and work here and be a professional, but be super casual in the process. Right. Um, so culture is a big thing for us. We want to be the people where you trust us with the person you love the most. Um, at the same time, you feel like you can come in and kick off your shoes and be whoever you uniquely are when you're here. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel that way as a staff member. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cover up my tattoos or get rid of the streaks in my hair mm-hmm. or quit being me. Right. You well, and you feel that. You Thank feel you. that immediately when you walk in the door, you know, when you're actually when you push the call button and you are allowed to come in the door because you have to have a protected environment, right? I we mean, do. you have everything thought about from, you know, the top, just everything encompassing for to keep this safe, to be a safe environment. So I applaud you. It's uh, amazing. I mean, all these stories that I've heard now, I'm like, now I'm experiencing this. So, I'm so I glad. love that you are uh, sharing your story with us. So. Yeah. So tell me, tell the listeners, how do we help you in the community to, to make this even better? I know you do some fundraising, but t- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, that there are two things. One, if you know of someone who's in a caregiving situation, or you yourself are, or you will know someone soon, because statistically one in three of us is caring for an aging or disabled loved one. Not will care, not has cared. One in three of us is currently caring. Mm-hmm. Um send them our way. Even if they're getting services somewhere else, that's okay. Send them our way. All of our caregiver support services are free. And so we've got care kits that we can hand out to them that helps them manage important information. You know, the stuff that we put in the bottom of a purse or in a back pocket, or they're somewhere in the car. Like I know I've got her social number somewhere. Yeah, that junk drawer at home, right? That yeah. one too. It's everywhere. Um, but we, we do a radio program called Caregiver Crossing on Saturday mornings at seven on WIBC. Excellent. And so we, you know, we get a lot of people listening to that every weekend. Um, we've got sessions they can come to and trainings as simple as how to train someone to transfer their loved one in and out of a car. People don't know how to do that. And they're yanking on somebody's shoulder. And so important. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we can do to give them a community and also educate them in the process Mm -hmm. and make that caregiving experience a little bit lighter because it can be pretty heavy, Mm -hmm. um, financially, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if you know someone who might need adult day service, you know, we need people to spread the word. And then the other is straight up money. I mean, it's, we are not for profit. We do rely on donations. When people ask me why I started Joyce House as a not for profit, I always tell them it's because we are here because there's a need in the community. There's a gap of service and we're filling that. And because people care about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, we'll be around as long as we need to be with both of those. Absolutely. So we need donations. So you have this campus, you have this um, in Broad Ripple, and then you have at UND? We do. We have a, a second location at University of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We're right off of Castle Avenue. And that's a, we call it adorable, which is really code for it's pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> but we get to serve it's about a, a dozen house, people. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty close to a tiny yeah. house. Um, but have a great relationship with the University of Indianapolis. Just great people there and that whole community. And then we are, this is probably news to you, we are committed to bringing our service to Hamilton County. Wow. 
all. Yeah, so we're going to bring caregiver support services within the year, and then we'll have an adult day, again, as need and and generosity is there, but I think we'll have one in the next couple of years. Congratulations. Thanks. You know, and consistency, right? So you say 19 years ago. Yeah. You've been doing this. That's a long time to not, to kind of, it's not all been great, and it's the ups and downs that you've learned how to do it better every year, and now it's growing because people are responding to it. They're becoming more aware, and I think that hopefully this program, as well as all the things that you're doing, I want to help bring awareness you know, to the community, because I live here, and I yeah. think it's super important. Uh, the value is great. Well, thank so. you, and I love what you're doing with this program. I mean, bringing um, what you call leaders, and I, I want to shy away from the mic when I say that, but I'll own it, um, bringing leaders and help, helping us to share what we've learned along the way and with other people, I think it's um, it's brilliant. People can do it. You just have to you know, it's that, that negative self-talk. So one of the questions that I ask you in the, yes. in the pre-show questions uh, was about how you as a leader have, have you know, the fears that we all say, oh, if I could only, and, and my environment, people won't accept me if I go a different direction or I'm not able to, I'm not equipped to do that. What is your negative self-talk and how do you get through that? Yeah, I think, first of all, you have to fail at some things or you're not trying, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I screw things up all the time, but you're not having me on the show to talk about my <laughs> mistakes, right? So um, it happens. People do not remember you for your failures. Mm-hmm. For the most part, that's not what we remember people for. But we all have them. And you asked the question about, do, you, do I have any negative self-talk or had any limitations you know, holding me back from... My it's life. Those, it's those beliefs, right? It's it maybe how you were programmed. Right. And then you think, could I ever do that? Could I ever open up an adult daycare facility? Right. Like, how could that happen, right? And so th- those in today, right, how am I going to do that? How am I going to open another one? What's in the future? You don't know. Like, you, you keep doing those things consistently, and it just opens up opportunities. Yeah, I think, and consistently is important. I remember somebody in the very beginning saying, if you have a goal, you do one thing every day to get toward that goal. And whether it's a prayer, whether it's research, whether it's talking to someone else, whether it's action, you know, you're actually doing something, building something, you do one thing every day. Mm-hmm. And if I would only take that advice with other things I want to do, it's, it's endless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great advice. And we all have negative self-talk. We all wonder if we're good enough or if we're, um, I don't know, important seems like the wrong word, but um, if we're skilled enough to do something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything. I think this is what I coach a lot of people. And when it's, it doesn't have to be anything like Joy's house, right? No. For a lot of people, it's just what? making a new meal. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like going to someplace where you don't know people and you know, you're going to um, have to start conversation. It's whatever it is, mm-hmm. driving a semi, you know, whatever it is, if you want to do it, do one thing every day toward that goal. And, and before you know it, mm-hmm. it will have happened. Mm-hmm. Exercise, healthy eating, socializing. Oh Lord. I feel yeah. like now maybe you're lecturing me. <laughs> oh no, we <laughs> let's take another drink of coffee here. <laughs> we have tea and water today. No margaritas yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so somebody that was important in your life mm-hmm. that really influenced you. So this um, this name Ethel. Mm, that's my grandma. Your grandma. <laughs> I love the story that you wrote about. And and so paint a picture for people of of who she was to you and how she inspired you. Yeah. So my my grandmother. And whenever somebody asks me like who's a woman that's been influential or who's helped shape you, 
it's my grandma Athel. And first of all, you have to see her in your head. I wish I had a picture to show you. <laughs> um, she was thin and had gray hair. I mean, you know, she was my grandma. She did pass away when I was 18, but she always wore a tube top. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like, it's throwing me into a hot flash just saying it. So she, she lived in Fort Wayne? She lived in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Um, I wonder if she was ever at the snake pit at the 500. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, seriously, my hot flash is getting worse. Look at it. You can see it happening. <laughs> but she, I mean, she was so cool. And it was before her time. And she wore these jeans. And she, she wore um, like a spiked belt sometimes. And she had these... Ugg boots before Ugg boots were a thing. Hilarious. I mean, she was who she was, and she loved everybody openly. I mean, she was fantastic. Like, she, I had cousins, still to this day, I have cousins that I have no idea. I don't, we're not blood relation. How in the world we became cousins? It's because Grandma Ethel took people in when they needed care. Mm. Um, we would take in animals. We always had animals we were caring for. And as a matter of fact, um, these two baby squirrels, they're, they're their squirrel mom had died, and my grandmother went up and got them out of this little awning where they were, and we raised them. I mean, like, played with them in our house. We raised them until we could release them, and then her big thing was, once we have them where they need to be, we have to release them back into the world and help them eat until they can get their own food. I mean, she brought everybody in. Um, and look at what you're doing. You're carrying out legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And she was creative. I mean, she made candles for weddings and she dried fruit and she was always making something. And, um, and I, I didn't tell you this before, but she and my mom and my aunt were the only three white women in an all female bowling league every Friday night. Oh my gosh. It was a bunch of my black aunties and my three biological white family members. So, I mean, I grew up being the only white kid. If my cousins came, they were there too. And mm -hmm. my cousins were white, but um, being the only white kid at this bowling alley every Friday night for as long as I can remember of my youth. So she taught me so much. Yeah. Well, just the culture, right? And so back in the day, I mean, we're not that old, but but you think about how culture has changed. And yes. here in Indiana, you know, it just it's the things that you become aware of that shape you. Yeah. So that's so cool. I, I was reading that and I thought, oh, you know, who, who do you connect to? It's it's finding that special purpose and that special person in your life that has said, you know, they may have not been there for a long time, but the impact that they've made yes. and that legacy. And so here, what you're doing, right? It makes sense. And you say, is this still right for me? Is this still where my heart is? And people around you have said, yes, you yeah. are in the place that you're supposed to be today. Keep doing it. So keep doing it. Right. You know, and somebody else who really influences me, um, are my kids mm -hmm. because my kids are teenage down to elementary school and I watch them and I see for the first time clearly how, um, like my oldest daughter is beautiful. I mean, she's physically beautiful. She's, she's smart. She's, we have a lot of the same qualities. I always tell her, use your skills for good and not evil because mm -hmm. you know, we can be manipulative <laughs> and we can, we can do all kinds of things, but use them for good. Um, but I see her now and watch her and I think how beautiful she is. And when I go back and look at pictures of myself physically, I think I was beautiful, but I never saw that in myself. Mm -hmm. But seeing my kids and how they handle situations, um, it's some ways like looking in the mirror mm -hmm. and realizing uh, the beauty that, that comes from within. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense when I say that it out does. loud? It does. And giving them the courage now, right, that's the teaching too to say, Hey, we always say, right, if I could go back and know now, know then what I know now, right. 
Um, and that's kind of the job as the parent, right? To encourage the kids to say, look, yeah. if you understand you can explore the things that you're passionate about early, right? And connect to that. Just think of how fulfilled your life is going to be. And then it, it really pushes away that self-talk. Yeah. Right? And that negativity of the, I can't, or I shouldn't, or I don't know, right? It's to experience, like you said before, failure. You've got to learn that failure is okay. And you've got to try things that you are drawn to. And then figure out your path on your way. And know you're not good at everything. Yes, and, and know you're not good at everything. And, I mean, you know, um, my son has a class at his school, and they, they were teaching them about how as parents sometimes we fail, and I think it's a good lesson for us no matter what age. We've been taught, I think in our generation, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. And his teacher was like, you can't do anything you want. You want to be an NBA player, but you're not that good at basketball. You can't. You have to match your skills with your desires, yep. then you can do just about anything. So now it's talking about this book that I tell everybody to read, which is Strengths Finders. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And yeah. so, because it really, there's 34 strengths in there and you, and I love to teach this because it's a, you know, you read for 30 pages and then you sit down for 20 minutes and you take this assessment and it really helps you identify five top things well, you can pay for all 34, but, but, you, but you look at but the you're top good five, with five. <laughs> and you go, hey, these are really important because it may be things that you haven't thought about, or maybe you do those, but you don't really focus in on those. And it, and it just gives you some framework to say, if you're doing these things or activities in your life, start reflecting on those and try to figure out like, what's the next step to go ahead and, and put all these together. Right, yeah, and that I'm a fan. And really use it, and so, um, and so I want to talk about reflection because mm-hmm. you know, you know, as leaders, sometimes we kind of forget, like, oh, we have a day timer, we do all these things just naturally, but but what is something that you would teach people to do? Just like one thing, like you said, mm-hmm. to help reflect on your good things, things that you need to improve on. What is what do you do to reflect? So I have a I have a brag file. Yeah, um, that's awesome. It is. It's a drawer that I have one at home and I have one in my office, and I put things in it when they come my way. So whether it's a nice email from someone I've had a meeting with, or um, you know, it's a childhood friend that sends me a card, and things that would build me up mm-hmm. because we all have those down days. I don't find myself like curled under the desk like George Costanza from Seinfeld <laughs> very often, but if it happens, but when it happens, <laughs> that brag door drawer better come open. Yeah, but it's where I put awards that I've gotten over the year. I'm not a big you know, put awards and things out in the office, mm-hmm. but it's a reminder of um, maybe who I've been, who I want to be. It's a reminder of uh, the things that I've been able to accomplish in whatever way. So it's a place that I can go that's safe that. I don't feel like I'm bragging to the world, but it's kind of my private little brag drawer. That's, I don't even think anybody knows where it is. But, but it's important because it is safe, right? It's the things yeah. that you are reflecting on. And people that don't have that system in place, uh, they don't journal. You know, a lot of people still don't journal, and that's yes. and that's hard to oh do consistently. But So I have journals, too, all the way back from high school. Yeah. And when I go and read those and think all right, I've grown up quite a bit. But yeah, you're right. Journaling is a huge outlet for people. Mm-hmm. It's the mindset, or it helps you maintain that mindset every day and, yeah. and start that consistent pattern. Yes. It's so hard, but people, you know, I really, I really want to make sure that the message is, you know, if you're consistent, if you can find that inspiration, know that you might fail 
a couple of times yes. in, before you find really what your passion and purpose is, keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing it. And surround so. yourself by great people. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that's my big thing. And people say like, oh, you've, I mean, I know we keep going back to Joy's house, but <laughs> you start a Joy's house all on your own. I'm like, I, there's no way I would have started this all on my own. I mean, I could start rattling off names of people who were there in the very beginning and who have been here over the last 19 years. This is not a by myself kind of a thing. First of all, I don't have the, the brains to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fairly intelligent individual, but you don't want me doing QuickBooks. Yeah. You don't want me, you know, diving <laughs> deep into the legal stuff. You don't, I mean... Even some of the everyday stuff, I'm not the best person to do it. And I think um, years ago, I, I did some work. You, know, you talk about strength finders, and there are all kinds of tests that you can do. Strength finders, I think, is one of the best. I had worked with a psychologist years ago, and he he dug deep. I mean, we did. he did videos and went back and watched those, and I did personality tests and the whole thing. And after months of working together, it was a professional um, psychologist for kind of strength finding stuff, you know? And one of the things that I had told him along the way was I was, I'm always called a control freak. And that bothered me because I didn't feel like I owned that. Mm -hmm. I'll own a lot of my shortcomings or my, even my, um, you know, things that make me unique that highlight, but that one bothered me. And one day we were sitting there and his name's John. And he said, Tina, you're not a control freak. And I said, Oh, please go on. And he said, Every test that we've done indicates that you're the kind of person who will step in when you're the best person to be in control, or you'll step in when you're the only person to be in control Mm. and you'll try it. And if you fail, you fail. And if you succeed, great. And the minute he said I was not a control freak, it was like shackles just released from my body. You know, I felt so much lighter to know that's who I am Mm -hmm. right there. That's who I am. Well, you were put in, in people that are surrounding you right? Everybody kind of depends on you at certain points to say, okay, she'll take this, right? Right. And then this other person is going to be great at taking this. And so that is such an important message for a journey is because a lot of people say, I'm really organized. I have to have things a certain way. And then they're labeled, right? right? The stereotypical, you're a control freak, get away. And it's changing your words. Like, do you have to have it a certain way or do you choose to have it a certain way? Exactly. I mean, and so I think for me, two things I want to say to that. One is that I, I recognized I don't have to be in control of everything. So now we're growing as an organization, one, because there's a huge need, but we're growing also because I don't feel like I have to do everything, Mm -hmm. nor do I feel like I'm the right person to, um, Oh, I lost my other thought. It's going to come back to me. (laughs) All right, you keep going. It's going to come back. No, but I love that, you know, so you were working with this psychologist that really helped you to kind of say, be free from that label. Yeah. Use that label. You see, I remembered. (laughs) I was interviewing someone on her radio show and she pulled up to the table and, you know, it's intimidating. You put on these headphones, you've got all these mics. And so she pulled up, her name's Jody, and she said, I'm nervous. And I looked at her and said, you're nervous? Like, tell me about that. And she said, hold on. Nope. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. And she said, they, they feel very similar. Mm-hmm. And then she, like her whole persona changed. And I love that. I mean, I, I tell people that all the time. We start calling things a certain thing and we get wrapped into that meaning. Just stop for a minute and redefine it and see what that does to you. Exactly. I love that message. It's so true. That is so powerful. The mind will make you believe And when you start believing certain things, your whole life changes. You see things differently. Yeah. Um, 
there's a video that I play for a lot of people. It's about a blind man um, carrying, he has a cup in front of him. And his cup said, you know, I'm blind, I cannot see. And then there's a lady that comes in front of him, he can't see, obviously. And she decides to change the words on, on his um, piece of cardboard. And it says, it's a beautiful day. And I'd love to be able to share it. And so she changes that. And he doesn't understand it, but then all of a sudden people start putting money in his cup, right? Because it's his message that changed, but it's the power of those words and, you know, being able to shape the world around it. And so I'm like, it just makes me cry every single time, but I love to share it in my training classes because, you know, it's all about what are we trying to see differently? What are we trying to do differently to inspire others? And so you can apply it to anything, but it's one of my very favorite um, videos. So that's really cool. The change I've never you heard that. See, right? uh, yes. <laughs> I have that on one of my magnets at home. <laughs> it's awesome. So, um, so I want you to talk about, and I, and I ask you the word significance. And so as a, as a trainer, as a certified trainer through John Maxwell, he really puts this power of us to say, you know, go back and start writing your own story about what you've done to this point, who's influenced you, what you do that is important. And, and so it's hard to define, like, what does significance mean? And so by definition, as a, <laughs> as a leadership coach, I say, well, significance is just thinking about how you've been successful and then the legacy that you're going to leave in the world through what you're doing. And so you are adding significance to so many people, right? And, and it's hard because you go, oh, significance, let's see, what do I do? But personally, it's how you're affecting others. You're giving this gift for others to see this journey. And that is powerful. Yeah. (laughs) It's really powerful. And I think about, um, you know, you talked about how you felt warm when you came in Joy's house. And one of our goals is that people feel embraced no matter what, no matter if it's you're hearing my voice right now, you saw a brochure, you go on the website, you come in the doors. Embrace doesn't mean I have to tackle you with a hug. No, you like hugs. <laughs> I was good for that, you know, but not everybody does. Yeah. But we want people to feel embraced yeah. and, and warm and taken care of. Um, but again, you have to work You have to work for that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but it's seeing the bigger, you know, it's not like I want to do this because I think, you know, this is my path. I'm going to be a mom and I want to have a business, right? You were thinking about others the entire time you oh, were yeah. developing this. So that's the yes. power of significance and, in the world and not even recognizing it. But some people say, I'm on this journey, I'm a CPA, I'm, I'm doing this. But what are the activities that you can do to give back to others in your life? Like, how do you create that? Yeah. Um, we, we have kids that come through here, have kids that have come through, and that now have decided to go into gerontology or decided to go into something with caregiving. And we that's not our mission. Mm-hmm. Our mission is for the people who come every day or on a regular basis for care and community and for family caregivers. Mm-hmm. And so we've learned significance along the way that it's a ripple effect. Um, I will tell you, when you asked me the word significance, and I, I was like, uh, no one's ever asked me that. And so I Googled it, and I'm a, I'm a visual learner, so I looked up images, and it was like charts and pie graphs, and I was like, that is not what we're going for here. <laughs> it's not about metrics, right? But that's what, I mean, it's amazing. That's what pops up. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it for me, it came down to uh, significance equals importance. And so yeah. whatever you are... Um, Whatever matters to you, anything that's of real worth in your life has significance. And let's be honest, we have a lot of things in our lives that truly do not have significance that we value. 
more than those that do. Mm-hmm. And so it just tune into those as leaders, just, you know, pick up your journal, really think into what it, you're, what you're designed to be doing today and go do that. Yeah. And quit trying to do what everyone else tells you you should be doing. You know, um, we go to these seminars, we go to these training sessions and I think those are great. I mean, we need them. We need leadership training, like what you do. And we, we need these things. Um, but don't forget who you are. Yeah. And if you don't know who you are, figure that out mm-hmm. and then figure out where your significance is in the world mm-hmm. and how you do it. And it might not be through your job. And I mean, you can be, a, anyone can be a leader. That's the thing I think people forget too. Mm-hmm. We are leaders in everything we do that influences the dominoes around us. Absolutely. So uh, let me ask you, now you've got, because I think this is so important because your mind is just, your mind is so powerful of what you've created the books that you read, the things that influence your mindset every day. You gave me a whole list, and I love these. So, Have you read any of these? Um, I have not read any of these. Oh, you so need I was to. like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. But talk to me about, you know, you've got five or six here, but give me kind of just a, a summary of what you're learning through each of these. Yeah, I, well, the first one I put on there is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, and she's a new author. Um, it is not anything about leadership. It's more about the world and kind of what we're experiencing in the United States right now. Uh, it's a, about a young, a 16-year-old woman, black woman, who um, witnesses some things, and it has to do with some police officers, and you can you know kind of let it unfold in your head. But it's, um, it's her perspective and how she's torn and connected and loving and loved, and it was a really powerful book to read. So... The Hate You Give, it's very good. The Hate You Give, by the way, <clears throat> spells, it's thug, and it comes from a, from comes from Tupac. Thug wow. Life was, so <laughs> anyway, awesome. for anybody who knows that reference, you'll <laughs> yeah. get it, but it's The Hate You Give. And then What what Unites Us mm-hmm. um, by Dan Rather is a great book that he put out, I think just this last year, and it's also about the world and in our United States and what really brings us together instead of tearing us apart mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a powerful thing to be reading right now. That's so um, important. And then the last one, none of these are leadership, the, the top three. Um, the Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. <laughs> well, I love that. I'm like, I kind of read that one. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Do you know Dr. Laura? I love her. Okay, so I have a love-hate relationship yeah. with her. She doesn't know me, <laughs> but it's there. Um, I think she gives some great advice. I think she's kind of cold-hearted sometimes. She's very but... cold-hearted, but you're like, Maybe you needed to hear that, right? And there is that. And her book is no different. And for me, um, you know, my relationship with my husband's been very powerful. I had started Joy's House before I met him, but he jumped right on board. He didn't care if I was, what I was doing. You know, if it was that I wanted to clean houses for the rest of my life, um, he was behind me 100%. And so it's, one, I think it's true true love, you know, that unconditional love. But well, there are some conditions. Let's not get ourselves... <laughs> Sometimes, but he has his love and belief in me has given me, um, a power and a foundation to stand on that. I know we're together forever, no matter what. And, um, it's given me a freedom to do things. I wouldn't be the same person I am spiritually or just as a leader without my husband. I probably don't say that to him the right way Mm -hmm. often enough. Now your opportunity, right? There you go. There, now we've got it, and I can never take it and back. It is recorded. So you've been through a lot of health challenges. Yes. Um, and I don't want to just kind of underscore this interview without <laughs> being able to kind of share, you know, 
it hasn't been a life of just a bed of roses for you. You've gone through a lot. And so those struggles, but you've stayed consistent to this journey through everything else. And yeah, so I don't, you can share what you'd like. I'm fine to share. Um, but I think it's important because some people say, oh yeah, I bet she's been just great. And she has you know, kids in the minivan and the house with the picket fence. And Okay. Like, so let's clear that up yeah. really quick. Um, <laughs> I, I cuss too much, uh, sometimes at people I have cussed at my kids before. Like I am not, I'm, I am far from perfect. Ask them. They'll tell you, uh, I try not to make a habit of any of those people, but it's happened and I lose my patience easily, probably more easily at home than anywhere. Cause that's my safe place. I think that's how most of us are. But yeah, six years ago I was diagnosed. I, I turned 40 and a week later I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I underwent a double mastectomy. Um, then a year and a half later, my husband was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Wow. And uh, they took out a volleyball-sized tumor and uh, a kidney and adrenal gland and whatever else they needed. And then we lost, within 12 months, his father, who was pivotal you know, in our family relationships, his father's mother and father. They all passed away. Wow. We lost a dog after 13 years, which for any animal lovers understand, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, thought we were kind of getting back on track. We had other surgeries in between. I had part of my colon removed and had a staph infection. Thought I was going to die from that, oh literally. Gosh. But thought we'd gotten through all of this last year. And uh, at the end of last year, my husband was diagnosed, or summer of last year, diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. Wow. So take out everything else. In the last six years, we've had three diagnoses of cancer between the two of us. Um, you know, there's some, some true diagnosed PTSD in there for several of us in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, but through all of it, you know, and, and I don't want to take away, from, well, I'm just going to say what I mean. Uh, our faith has gotten us through all of that. Yep. You know, that, um, I don't, People say, why does why do good things happen or bad things happen to good people? And I don't believe that. We could have a whole big conversation about that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, ultimately, though, we've chosen God's team. And and so we're still here, able to serve and do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, that power of just knowing that this purpose that you're living, right, it is to give back and to help others. And so yes. when we go back to that significance question, it's there's a lot of times in the last six years, you could have said, you know, I'm giving up on this because I've got to focus on me or I'm more important. And although I'm sure that there were times that you had to do that and step out and say, I got to heal, I've got to get through this. But, yes. but without understanding your why, <laughs> you're, here, you're here on the earth to be able to give this, this gift back to others and yeah. what you're doing. And that's really help, helped you right? I mean, I, I can't say that it's magic, but people say, what's the secret? You know, what's the secret in life? And it, if you have this purpose of giving and supporting others and helping add the significance to the world, I think it makes it a lot easier for us. Um, I remember driving to work. This was right before my diagnosis of breast cancer. So six years ago, I remember driving to work and praying. That's where I do most of my best praying. And, and saying, okay, God, I'm yours. You know, anything you want. I mean, you know it. I guess I should acknowledge it. You know, like this body's yours. My spiritual, like I am yours for the taking. And I felt something happen. Um, something was different. And I even came into work and told a coworker, I was like, something, something different happened this morning. I don't know how to explain it, but I, 
I've always known the Holy Spirit, but I knew the Holy Spirit in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when my diagnosis came, I was like, oh, I, maybe I wasn't clear. <laughs> I'm yours, except. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's turning ourselves over, you know, for us and in my household. And I hope that we're just making God proud while we're here and get to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's about this, you know, people think, well, when I get to heaven or wherever your God is, right, whatever happens when you die, it's how will you be judged? And so I think, uh, again, just applauding you for going through this and saying, my life is kind of, it's living through me. I'm here to help others, yeah. you know, create this journey. And, and your heart is so a hundred percent into this, right? It is. And if I may, um, I, I could talk forever, so I'll probably try not to, <laughs> I promise. Um, but if I may, you know, it's, it's looking in the mirror and saying, am I who I want to be? Am I doing what I want to do? Yeah. And if you're not, I mean, I always say, let's stop complaining about it and do something to make a difference. And then if you are lean into it and be the best version of that, be the best version of that. That's an awesome way to wrap this up. You are amazing, Tina. I can't believe that we didn't know each other before now. I I really feel so connected to you. I do too, but we probably would have gotten in trouble. So it's best <laughs> that we meet now and just yeah. go forward from here. Yeah. Thanks, Dale Minix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, gosh, so, so thank you for all this time today and everyone listening. Joyce House, joycehouse.org yeah, is Joyce the House. website. Um, Joy's house is really needing, you know, a lot of our attention awareness. This is an incredible place. If you have a need, um, get in contact with them because they will change your life. It's, it's changing mine. This is amazing. Now you will also be hearing from Tina in the journal, the everyday leaders journal that's going to be coming out and she will be at the leadership conference. She just put it on her calendar for March 2nd. So next year, March 2nd at the Art Museum, you can meet Tina. And and if you have ways that you think about um, people that could give and help and support this organization, please do that. Reach out. So thank you so much. Big hugs. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) To you. And and so now we'll play. That was easy. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. So have a great 2018. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guest from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.